Welcome, Cathedral of Faith. It's time to worship the Lord. Come on, can we all stand to our feet? Let's put our hands together and applaud the greatness of God. Somebody shout, hallelujah.
Cathedral of Faith. Come on, somebody raise a hallelujah this morning. Oh, in the face of the enemy, in the face of unbelief, in the face of opposition, in the face of the unknown, we shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, make a sound of praise. Come on. Can you put your hands together like this? Come on, let's make a sound like an army. Come on. Oh, let me hear you one more time. Shout hallelujah. Father God, right now, we call upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. In the face of the enemy, in the face of the unknown, in the face of darkness, in the face of evil, we will not cower. We will not retreat. We will not give up. We will not lose hope because our God is victorious. In the name of Jesus Christ, all of God's people shouted, amen and amen. Come on, feel the energy. Hey, we give you praise, Lord. If that's you, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah. Well, say this is all my hope and peace. We say nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this is all my righteousness. We say not because again not because of what we done but because of what he's done we stand in this hope if you're glad about that come on somebody shout hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Yes. I want to sing that second one verse one more time. It says this. Say this is all my hope and peace. We say. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let this one sink in. This is all my righteousness. He said. power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Healing, strength, breakthrough, wisdom, everything we need in the power of the blood of the Lamb. And over 2,000 years ago, the people gathered with their palm branches. Go ahead, raise your hand or your palm branch. And they declared, Hosanna, Hosanna is he that comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the day that we too enter in and receive. You see, in Old Testament times, in New Testament times, and even years following that, the palm had a lot of great symbolism. It was on their coins, it was on their buildings. In fact, King Solomon even had palm branches all over the sides of the temple. Why? It has to do with victory. And that's why it makes perfect sense that in the final days that we read about in Revelation chapter seven, here's a glimpse of what we see in heaven. In Revelation seven, it says this, John writes, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and what? They were wearing, they were holding palm branches in their hands. They were holding palm branches in their hand. Why? It's a symbol of victory. And so whether you are celebrating victory today or whether you are anticipating victory today, that's why we do this. We look forward to the victory that Jesus is bringing. We anticipate the day when we'll all be there waving palm branches. So what you're doing right now with a palm branch is just getting you ready for heaven. 
anticipating and celebrating victory. As you're being seated, we're so glad you're here because you're in the right place today. As you're being seated, look at three people and say, victory ahead. Hello, Cathedral family and friends, and happy Palm Sunday. Whether you're watching online or you're here on campus, we are grateful for each and every one of you. And if this is your first time, welcome. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better. Scan the QR code on the screen, send us a text, or pick up a form from one of our frontline greeters. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and that means we are kicking off Holy Week. We have a lot of exciting and meaningful events we do not want you to miss. This Friday, Good Friday, we invite you and your family to join us for our communion service, beginning at 12 o'clock. Service will be in the sanctuary, amphitheater, drive-in, and also available live online on our website and YouTube channel. Then at 7.30 in the Horton Youth Center, we will have a free showing of the movie, The Passion, that depicts the final 12 hours of Jesus' life. And next Sunday, we invite you to come and celebrate the risen King at our Easter services. We have three service times at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. that you can come and bring your family. Services are in the sanctuary, amphitheater, drive-in, as well as live online. Well, Cathedral family, I hope you have a blessed Holy Week. And don't forget to invite your Pete to our Easter services next weekend. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have you here with us today, whether you're here in the amphitheater, inside of the sanctuary, out there in the parking lot or somewhere on campus, and especially those of you watching online, it's great to have all of you with us on this great Palm Sunday. Thanks, Stephanie, for those announcements. I want to go back one more time just to make sure you heard it. Next Sunday, our services are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So if you show up at 11, you're either an hour late or 30 minutes early, just so you know that. So next weekend, we're looking forward to those three services. And I also want to invite you, immediately following this service in our chapel, we have a special interactive experience called I Am Encounter in which you have an opportunity to encounter Jesus and hear from him. The pastors have been praying over you for weeks and there's special promises that we've prayed over you for you to receive. I invite you to stop by after service and be part of this great moment. Well, again, let's go back to talking about palms and palm branches. You know, you and I, we're fortunate. We live in California. We see palms a lot, but a lot of the world doesn't. But let's go back to the old world in Jesus' day. Palms were significantly the center of their whole life. You know, when they took these palms, they would use the coarse fibers to make brooms and to make baskets and to make mats. They would use the really fine fibers to make sewing thread. And then they would take the hardest fibers and they would make ropes out of it. And out of the, the wood of the tree, they would make boats. Out of the, the flowers, they'd make perfume. Out of the nuts, they would dry them and eat them, and the beads they would make jewelry out of. They would use them to make palm oil and have soap and have 
all kinds of oils. This was the center of their life. They used every part of the palm tree. So when they laid down the palms at the feet of Jesus, what they were saying is everything that's important, I lay before you. This was the center of their life. And in this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, we do the same thing. We say, God, this money represents the center of my life. What I've worked for, what I've earned, what God's provided for me, I lay it down before you. And in this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, there are a variety of ways to do that. Those of you who are here on campus, the ushers will be there following service to receive your gifts. You can go online, you can go to the app. Those of you at home, you can write out a check, mail it to the office or drop it by. All these are ways that we wave modern day palm branches. We lay down what's important to us and we place it before the Lord. So I thank you so much for your faithfulness. God is using your gifts and your lives and your talents to change and transform this community. Well, let's continue our celebration. Again, the passage is Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Organized chaos, undoubted excellence. He's finally here. If you can just be still, you will know for yourself, this was all strategically planned. We asked him what his name is. He told us, I am. He spoke light into a world of darkness, so potent you could touch it. He created the roadmap for victory that nobody could take from it. I am the way, truth, life. I am is in fact the difference between morning and the night. He frees us from our chains, brings healing for the wounded, puts together what families break up. He paved the way to take your pain away. I am now wrapped in human skin so all the world can see it. We asked him what his name is. His name is love. Out of him flows joy and peace for those who are lost. Follow him, learn from him, and you will see that love can move mountains.
team know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate the week of all weeks. Oh, it's so good to see you. God is good. And all the time, wherever you're at, whether you're on site here in the building, outside in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot, or whether you're online, on a part of our online campus, or one of the other campuses around the Bay Area. It is so good to have you here today as we celebrate Palm Sunday. All this month, we've been on this journey of, well, from ashes to beauty. The, the uh, calendar of the church historically is called this season the Lenten season. And I saw some things about what people were giving up. There were these two teenagers walking down the road and one of them said, my parents are giving up dessert for Lent. I'm balancing my family diet by giving up vegetables. Amen. <laughs> I saw another boy. I like, he said, I gave up Dr. Pepper for Lent. Made it two hours. <laughs> I resemble that remark. And then there's this guy. He says, for Lent this year, I'm just giving up. <laughs> and do you know that's what we've been doing We've been giving up, giving up the brokenness of our lives, giving up the ashes of our lives, giving all of that up to Jesus so he can take what has been broken and bring something beautiful out of it. In fact, our theme verse for the scripture, yeah, let's give him praise. That's what he does. Is Isaiah 61 verse three. I invite you to say this with me. Declare it, believe it, own it for you your life, your family. Say it with me. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Now, for the next few moments, Manuel and the team are going to come back out with a great number at the end. It's going to lift your heart toward God. But for the next few moments, I want, I want to talk to you about a story that's found in three of the Gospels. We've been talking about how like a phoenix were rising up out of the ashes. And this story today is found in three of the Gospels. And I invite you, if you would, if you'd stand with me, please. And I want to read this scripture to you. We're reading from Mark chapter 14. And this event takes place right at the start of the Holy Week. Mark chapter 14, it goes like this. Jesus was eating in Bethany at the home of Simon, who once had leprosy, but Jesus had healed him. Can somebody say amen to that? And when a woman came in with a very expensive bottle of sweet-smelling perfume, on a side note, I read that scientists figure that you and I can discern between 10,000 and 30,000 different smells. No wonder there are so many different perfumes. Let's continue. After breaking it open, she poured the perfume on Jesus' head. This made some of the guests angry, and they complained, why such a waste? We could have sold this perfume for more than 300 coins and given the money to the poor. So they started saying cruel things to the woman. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Say that with me. Leave, as we say in the hood, get out of her grill, right? (laughs) Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing. Circle the word beautiful. Underline the word beautiful. She's done a beautiful thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, and whenever you want to, you can give to them. But you won't always have me here with you. She has done all she could by pouring perfume on my body to prepare it for burial. You may be sure that wherever the good news is told all over the world, people remember what she has done and they will tell others. And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. That's the power of a beautiful thing. Amen? That's the power. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all of our cathedral family, friends, guests who are here today. God, I pray that already in the service, you've been receiving the worship you deserve and that in this moment, we would get a fresh glimpse, Jesus, of who you are and what you've done for us. And in response to that, that we would love you back in return, giving you the the praise and worship that you deserve. I pray that what happens in these next few moments would be transformative so that this week will be different because we've met you in this place. Start with me, oh God. That's our heart, that's our desire. Amen and amen and amen. Can we give God praise for his word one more time? Amen. Amen. Like a phoenix rising up out of the ashes. I'm rising up. Say it with me. I'm Say it again. I'm rising up. Before you're seated, tell somebody, I'm rising up. Go ahead. I'm rising up. I saw this one text 
that was going back and forth. Two people were texting. The first person said, hey. The other one said, hi. First person said, I kind of think I love you. The other person said, high five. The first person said, OMG, so you love me too? And the other person said, no, we both love me. (laughs) It's a risky thing, isn't it? To tell somebody that you love them. It's a risky thing. Who knows what they're going to say back? I, I've been, my wife and I, we've been married for 38 years. And uh, yeah, here we are on our honeymoon. And guys, do you remember the crazy things you used to do when you were in love? And you're trying to live or trying to uh, win the, the love of, of that girl. I couldn't remember doing I would send her flowers all the time. And I mean, I would let her drive my Firebird. You let her drive your car? I would carve our initials into the tree. I mean, I even took her to the ballet. Wait a second, time out. A Raider fan took her to the ballet? What are you thinking? That's what you do when you're crazy in love with somebody. In fact, I'm still so crazy in love with my wife. Look what I did this week. Can you see that? That's not real. It'll come off in a week. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Make sure you're awake on Palm Sunday. But the crazy kinds of things we do when we're in love. You know, we put our love out there. And you can't really force somebody to love you. That's not the nature of love. But what you can do is you can put your love out there and you can try to capture the heart of the person you love. And I don't want you to miss that that is what is happening in the person of Jesus. It's God's love reaching out to us. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so Jesus leaves heaven and comes to earth. And he lives the perfect life that we could not live. And then he dies the death that we deserve to die. Then he comes back from the dead, proving that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. And he does it so that we will know how much we are loved by him And he hopes that we will love him back in return. In the Gospels, it talks about how how soldiers beneath the cross of Jesus, that they were rolling the dice, gambling for the garment of Jesus. But it seems to me the biggest gamble of all was taking place upon the cross, where God was gambling that you and I would see on the cross how much we're loved by him and that we would love him back in return. It's this great love story, the greatest love story ever told. And in our, well, in our account today, what we have is that kind of thing going on. Jesus has loved Mary and Mary now is returning her love for Jesus. You know, this this woman in our story, her name is Mary, Mary of Bethany. 
And I thought it was interesting how the Christmas story, it starts out with a lady whose name is? And Passion Week, it starts out with a lady whose name is? And the resurrection story, it starts out with a lady whose name is? Mary of Bethany, Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary of Magdala. The first thing that hit me was, wow, Mary must have been a popular name back then. But the second thing that hit me is that in a culture where women were oppressed, where women were marginalized, the story of Jesus is set in such a way that it lifts up the dignity of women and lifts up the place of women. It gives them a beautiful place in the most important story of all time. And all the cathedral women said amen to that. Jesus is always lifting people up when others put you down. And here is Mary. She's given this beautiful place at the start of Passion Week. And she does a beautiful thing. Let's look at this beautiful thing that she does. When she does what she does, it is sure an extravagant thing. It's extravagant, very extravagant. The Bible says this in Mark 14, we read it a moment ago. A woman came in with a very expensive, expensive bottle of sweet smelling perfume. After breaking it open, she poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Now, I did some research this week, and I found out what some of the high-end perfumes run. So, guys, get ready to take notes. Here we go. That you can buy one ounce of Joy perfume for $100. $100 an ounce. And after you spend the money, you've lost your joy. Here we go. <laughs> Savage. You can get one ounce of Savage for $450. One ounce of Cherry Garden you can get for $1,200 an ounce. Guess how much the perfume that Mary pours out goes for? $2,000 an ounce. It was equivalent of an entire year's salary. And she pours it out on that moment. Did she have other perfumes? Maybe so. But she uses her best for Jesus. She offers her best to Jesus. Because he's worthy of her best. And when you see who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. He has given us his best. And we offer our best in return the best of our praise and the best of our worship and the best of our devotion and the best of our serving. We give him our best because he's given us his best and then she gives it, him his all. One ounce won't do. All 12 ounces poured out on Jesus because he's worthy of our all. He had given his all and now she gives her all back to him. And when you see who Jesus is and what he's done, that he's given us his all. He didn't hold anything back from us. 
And in response to that, we give, we don't give him a quarter of our lives or half of our lives. We give it all to him. My life at home, my life at work, my life at church, my life at school, we give him our best and we give him our all. Is this really a summary of what it means to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be a follower of Jesus. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Mary's the model. We give him our very best and we give him our all. The best of our all and all of our best. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What would it look like for you during Holy Week to give him your best or to give him your all? Have you been holding anything back? I want to give you props that just by being here today, you've taken a step in the right direction because this is the Bay Area and there are lots of places you could be right now. You could have been at the ball game. You could have been at the beach. You could have been shopping. You could be watching a golf tournament at home. But no, you decided that Jesus is worthy and you came to church to worship him and to give him honor and glory. Way to go, cathedral. Whether you're on site or online, well, you've created space. Others might look at what you do and say, what a waste. You wasted the whole morning. But Jesus looks at what you do and he said, that right there is a beautiful thing. When we bring our worship to Jesus in response to how he's been extravagant with us, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Can we give him praise? Amen. This is who he is. This is what he deserves. He's the most worthy. That brings us to what she does. And what she does is very surprising. Not only is it extravagant, but it's surprising. Now, we read that the anointing starts by her pouring it over the head of Jesus. That wasn't that surprising. You know the verse, you anoint my head with oil. And so quite often, guests would be anointed with oil pouring over their head. But what happens next shocks everybody. And the room just goes sideways. In John chapter 12, we read this. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. That was radical. Because it started with the head, but it goes down to his feet. And when you wipe somebody's feet with your hair, that stopped everyone in their tracks. Because you simply did not do that with your hair. I mean, when it comes to our hair, if we still have any hair, when it comes to our hair, we take good care of our hair. Before we came to church today, what did we do? We washed our hair, we brushed our hair, we dried our hair, we curled our hair. We take good care when it comes to our hair. Like this cat right up here, he takes good care when it comes to his hair. Or like this dog on TikTok, he takes good care when it comes to his hair. This is my hair wet, a little bit, but not wet at all. So I'm gonna show you guys what it looks like when it's wet, wet. 
This is my hair, what, what? So when it comes to our hair, we take great care. And the same thing was true in the first century. A woman would take great care when it came to her hair because the glory of a woman was wrapped up in her hair. And so she would always wrap up her hair. Every respectable woman, every proper woman, when she was out in public, her hair would be wrapped up. But this woman gets so wrapped up with Jesus that she unwraps her hair and starts washing Wiping his feet with her hair. Think about that. There she is at the feet of Jesus. I heard about an artist who was making a sculpture of Jesus. And Jesus, in the sculpture, his hands were reaching out and his head was bowed. And a friend came by and told the artist, well, you can't see the face of Jesus. He said, oh, you can see the face, but to see his face, you have to get on your knees. And there is something, there's something about this. When you come to Jesus in humility, you see him for who he is. You know more of what he's about. This wasn't the first time Mary had been at the feet of Jesus. We read on another occasion how she was listening and learning at the feet of Jesus. And then when her brother had died, Lazarus, we find her weeping and crying at the feet of Jesus. And then some scholars suggest that we have sort of a prequel to what happens then in that she as a center, a sinner, a repentant sinner, brings her ashes to the feet of Jesus. And now once again, here she is at Jesus' feet in worship and devotion. Oh my. Here's what she had discovered. When you come to the feet of Jesus, at the feet of others, you may get walked on. At the feet of others, they may treat you like a doormat. But when you come to the feet of Jesus, you always leave there the better because of it. You always leave there better because of it. She came to Jesus in humility, but would leave the feet of Jesus with a name that went down in history. The Bible says those who humble themselves will be exalted. There's no better place to be than at the feet of Jesus and that brings us finally to the fact that this is a beautiful thing that she does. It's extravagant and it's surprising and it's just beautiful. I saw this one uh, comic, a guy is bringing flowers to his wife, her grave, and the voice from the grave says, oh, so now he buys me flowers, right? So when it comes, I've got, thank you, Kurt, I've got some flowers right here. And so I need some interaction. So my buddy James here, we've been friends for 35 years, and he's actually the head of our charter school. His day job, he runs Amazon, but he actually, his important job, he runs our charter school. And now James and I did their wedding many years ago. And James, I'm going to give you these flowers. I know you do this all the time. 
So I'm just reaffirming what you already do. And you're going to be able to give those flowers to Debbie. Can you go ahead and do that? There you go. How about a big hand for James and Debbie right there? Yeah. Okay, can I just be real with you for a moment? When you give flowers to somebody, what a waste. It's a total waste of money. You buy the flowers, you give them to her. They're going to last a couple days. And then they're going to be in the trash, filling up a landfill somewhere. What a waste. And then you remember, wait a second. Maybe there's a beauty beyond the bottom line. Hmm. Albert Einstein once said, not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Not everything that counts can be counted. There's a beauty beyond the bottom line. The disciples, they're bottom line guys. And they look at what's happened, and this is a waste. It's a waste of money. Look what we could have done with the money. It's just a waste. And Jesus says, there's a beauty that you guys know nothing about. And you've missed it. Leave her alone. And he goes on to say, I tell you the truth, that whenever in the whole world this good news is announced, what she's done will also be told in memory of her Isn't that the way God works? When she did what she did, she was just doing the beautiful thing. She had no idea that 2,000 years later, people in the 21st century in the Silicon Valley will be talking about her and this beautiful thing. You never know. When you offer a beautiful thing to God, how God will bless it and multiply it Who knows how far that would reach? How far that fragrance will go? And so I want to encourage you that over the next seven days, ask ask Jesus to give you a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing that you can do for him. It may be visiting a friend who's battling cancer. Or it may be writing a note to somebody who's just down and out. It could be fasting a meal and Focusing your time where you'd usually be eating that meal, focusing it on the amazing love that you encounter during Holy Week. Whatever that beautiful thing is, when you offer it to Jesus, and can I say cathedral, as a family, church family, you guys have stepped up in such an amazing way with a beautiful thing this Easter season. We've been in the midst of a rising inflation. Everybody's feeling it in their pocketbooks. But still, when you heard of our opportunity to reach out and team up and make a difference and help the Ukrainian refugees, you stepped up and gave almost $60,000. Can we give God praise for that? That's amazing. And that $60,000 not only provided food and medicine and transportation and shelter, but it's also pointing them to Jesus, letting them know that they matter to Jesus, that they can find hope in Jesus, and that because of Jesus, out of the ashes, they can rise.
we had a chance when I was over there a couple weeks ago to meet with one of those families. And the translation went from Ukraine to Italian, from Italian to English. So it took a little while to get there. But as they shared a little bit of their story, I wondered what God would ultimately do through this beautiful thing. Here's just a bit of that story. She, she comes 300 kilometers south of Kiev. And her husband is, of course, you know, he's fighting right now. Once in a while, they managed to uh, you know, speak on the phone. And, uh, but, you know, they're praying so hard because they don't know what's going to happen to him. Her two brothers are in, uh, you know, they're just in the, in the, in the army, the Ukrainian oh, army yeah. as well. Yeah. And they hear them once in a while. They were uh, welcomed by one of our guys, you know. Okay. And uh, Noel is his name, that uh, just, you know, took care of them. They found a house that we supported just, you know, getting this house. They got on the, on the van and they drove all the way through, uh, through the Alps, stopped in Bologna, which is north of Florence. And then finally they came down here to, okay. uh, to, uh, to Naples. She says, I want to thank every one of you for, for making this possible, for helping us and allowing us to, uh, to come here. More than help, we want to see people coming to Jesus to a new understanding what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's what, you know, the churches are in the States, in Cathedral Faith is helping us to do. Amen. Way to go, Cathedral family. You never know. You never know. The impact of a beautiful thing. Sometimes we don't even realize the depth of the meaning it has. She does this beautiful thing. She was just doing what she was doing. And Jesus gives it an even deeper meaning and says, you're preparing me for my burial. She was prophesying what would happen later that week in her action. And can you imagine as Jesus was facing all that hatred, all that hatred and vitriol that week, how when he was being mocked and taunted by the religious leaders, the fragrance of that perfume would still be with him. How when he was being whipped, nailed to that cross, the fragrance of that perfume would still be with him. How when he was taken down from the cross and put into that cold, dark tomb, how the fragrance of that perfume would still be with him. And I wonder when he came back from the dead, was the scent of that perfume with him even then? You never know. You just never know. You have one idea. God has a bigger idea. When you do what you do for him. In just a moment, the worship arts team is going to come out, Manuel and the team, and they're going to sing, and we're going to have a chance to really put this sermon into practice. But before they do, I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment, wherever you're at. If you would say, Pastor Ken, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. That's why I'm here at church. I'm an admirer of Jesus, but I've never really stepped across the line and become a follower. Every journey, it starts with a step. And today you would say, I realize 
how much I'm loved by God. And I wanna follow Jesus and love him back in return. And if that's a decision you're making today to become a follower of Jesus, would you lift up your hand real high and I wanna agree with you that today's your day. Right over here, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. Over here, wherever you're at on campus, up in the balcony, you'd say, Pastor Ken, that's me. You know, out at the amphitheater, those that are watching online, in the parking lot. I invite everybody to say this prayer after me. Mean it with all your hearts. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me like you do. I receive you as my Savior, and I put you in charge. I will follow you. Thank you for making me a part of your family. Amen and amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I invite you to stand. The worship team is coming out. They're going to lead us in a number. And this is really to seal the sermon. This is the conclusion of the sermon. It's a chance for us to give Jesus the very best of our praise today because he's worthy of our praise best. And so I invite you, you can sing along with them. If you're not a singer, you can clap your hands. You can lift your hands with your mind. Think great thoughts about Jesus, but get a fresh vision of who he is today and let him and then show him how much you love him in return. Amen.
We are so grateful, so grateful, so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Would you let our worship arts team know how much you, again, appreciate them. Before I, I speak the blessing and dismiss you, if you need prayer, our team will be out at the amphitheater right by the stage to pray with you, pray for you. Don't forget the devotional experience over in the chapel. It's really powerful. If you have a window today, it'd be great for you to end your day with that. And then finally, all this week, we've got so many things happening. Let me just remind you that if you have friends, and we know those kinds of friends, they're afraid to go to church because they think the roof would collapse on them if they stepped in. Well, they can watch our Easter program on 9.30 on CBS on Easter morning. A lot of these singers are a part of the program. I had a chance to interview a buddy of mine who's also a part of our church. He was a first round draft pick of the Golden State Warriors, Raymond Townsend. He talks about his journey. And so it's, we're just praying that God will use it. Will you pray with me? That God will use it to bless people throughout the Bay Area come Easter Sunday, that Jesus will get the praise that he deserves. Amen. That's what our prayer is. That's our goal. Again, thanks for being with us today. Let me speak God's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And every day when you wake up, May you know how much you're loved by God. And I pray that God would give you the grace to love him back in return. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.